Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. And today, uh, we have a lot to talk about, but we also don't have a lot to talk about. It's kind of ironic. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But before we do that, uh, please make sure that you leave a like, leave a review. Uh, really helps us know that you're enjoying all the content that we have going on. Uh, and we actually are going to have a lot of stuff coming at you with the Olympics getting started uh, for track and field, that is, uh, by the end of this week. Uh, so it's going to be really exciting. Um, and that's what our first brief story and update is going to be before we get into the bold predictions and uh, a few other things like that. So one, this Tuesday, uh, if you didn't see on my Instagram, uh, and check out the Instagram because we talk about uh, all of the updates to the podcast and everything like that, that's where we put it, uh, we shared that starting on Friday, uh, we're going to be doing a new series called 10 Minutes in Tokyo. Uh, so what that's going to be is from what is it, uh, Friday the 30th until August the 8th, so uh, about a week, a uh, week or so, uh, we're going to be doing daily podcasts that are going to be about 10 minutes, uh, talking about whatever happened the day before at the Olympic Games, so uh, it's going to be a lot, really exciting, so we're upping it up from, from two episodes a week to, what is it going to be, like eight episodes, so with that, we're, we're not going to be, we'll be posting uh the remainder of all of our other shows and, and other series after. So the interview series is going to get started back after the Olympics. Um, and we're going to have this, uh, the final episode of our moving mountain series. That's going to be postponed to after the Olympics as well. Uh, it's pretty much done, but we're, we, I don't want to overbear, you know, with all this content cause we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So that's all going to get pushed back a little bit, uh, and super exciting cause I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, some potential things you could be seeing, uh, we might be seeing some guest hosts. I'm going to ask around for some people, see if anyone wants to be a guest host for an episode during any particular days during events that they'd like to talk about, uh, as well, um, as other things like that. Uh, and the episodes are going to be recorded the night before. And so obviously with the games being in Tokyo and I am located here in the United States, uh, up in the New Jersey area, um, with that, obviously there's going to be some days where events are just going to be at crazy times that I won't be able to record at because I'll, I'll be trying to record it at around 10 PM or so Eastern standard time. So there's going to be days that there's an event that starts, uh, really late, uh, and you'll, be waking up and like, whoa, why is this event not here? Whether it's the, you know, whatever it might be. I haven't checked the, the schedule completely yet, but um, there's going to be days where some things will be missed um, and we'll be going over those events in the following episodes. So uh, something that I'm really excited for, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, so definitely stay tuned in uh, to that. Uh, another brief thing, uh, might as well get this over with because this is the only track news that we actually have. Everything else is just predictions rolling into the games, but, uh, so wanted to talk about how, um, Matt Centrowitz, who is the 2016 Olympic gold medalist in the 1500, he took a shot at Alan Webb's, uh, mile record for the American, the American mile record of three minutes and 
0.91 seconds that he set back in 2007. Uh, it's interesting for a couple reasons why he went after this. Uh, one is the timing, and then the second is the fact that he even is going after this in general. Uh, if you follow Matt Centrowitz at all, you know that he is not really for records. Most of his legacy is built off of the medals and the championships that he has won. And so to see him go after a record is pretty interesting. Uh, he even noticed it or, or mentioned it in a uh, Instagram post where he was announcing that this is something that he was going to do. And he said, hey, this is something I've never done before, uh, so we're going to give it a shot. Um, and so that was something that was interesting. Uh, the timing obviously is interesting because it was Saturday, the day, the day that many Olympians were going and traveling off to Tokyo. He was doing this race out in Portland, and um, I think he did it before the Olympics for a couple reasons. Uh, one, obviously, uh, being that it can be as a little tune-up. It's uh, Many people saw it more as just a, a glorified workout that he was going for uh, a record because all of the people competing in it were actually teammates of his, so it wasn't too too much like a regular open race, and he was going for this thing. Uh, it was it was might have been more like a time trial type stuff. Um, and then second, the reason that he wanted to to have this be broadcasted, um, if he did break the record, um, then this would be huge news going into the Olympics. Like now, his speed is is really there. Um, if he could have broken that three forty six mark. Uh, unfortunately, he did not. He ran a 349.26, which is the fifth all-time in the U.S., and was a new personal best. Uh, so what does this mean for him going into the Olympics? Uh, for me, it doesn't mean anything, really. Uh, sure, it would have been great to see him do this. Um, he set a new personal best, which I guess is great, but he hadn't ran a mile since, like, 2014. And so this doesn't really change anything for me. Uh He's still the same guy that he was a week ago. Um, I think he has potential to to win just because he's a super tactical racer. He knows when he has to turn it on and he knows when he, he doesn't have to. Uh, he can conserve his energy really well uh, and he knows how to be go after these races because he's been doing it for so long. And so he has a chance to be getting in that medal spot. What's hurting him is that there are a lot of and a lot of really talented racers that race a very different way than he does. Uh, for example, Timothy Chariot, he races where it gets out of it. He gets out really fast. Same with uh, Ingebrigtsen. He likes to get out of the gains, out of the out of the gates really fast as well. And, and that's really not Matt Centrowitz style. Uh, if you remember back to 2016, uh, one of the reasons that he won uh, the gold medal in the 1500 in 2016 was because it got out so slow. It was a tactical race. Uh, he was controlling it from the front for much of the race. And with that, he was able to kick at the end, use his speed to end up winning the thing. Uh, right now he's sitting pretty middle of the pack with his PR of three, um, of what is it? Uh, three Um, so he's, he's not going, he's not blowing anyone out the water as of right now, but that does not mean at all that you can count him out. Um, he shows up when it matters. He shows up in the championships. So I'm excited to see if he's, if he's able to do anything here. Uh, now, uh, the moment that you have all been waiting for, uh, we're going to get into some of the, my bold predictions for, uh, for the upcoming Olympics that we got going on here. So, uh, number one, we're going to go with the roommate triple. So this, I'll get into why it's called this. You can probably figure it out in a moment, but, uh, the roommate triple. So, uh, we're going to have Javon Harrison doubling in the long jump in the high jump. And then Mondo Duplantis winning the pole vault. So they were they were roommates back in college, their freshman year, uh, and they all three, both of them are 
favorites to win the medal. Mondo is the heavy favorite in the pole vault, uh, world record holder. He has the, I believe, the world leading uh, bar right now. Um, and he's extremely consistent. He's shown that he can jump in adverse conditions. I believe he jumped six meters uh, two or three weeks ago when it was like downpouring at like the, the European Championships or whatever it was. So he's proven that he can he can compete in ideal conditions as well as adverse conditions. Uh, Harrison has shown that he is the most consistent jumper in the entire nation right now. Uh, he He's just always there when it matters the most and the fact that he's been doing a long collegiate season really hasn't phased him at all he's been really consistent at every single thing he has never lost uh this year i believe in either the long or the high jump uh, and that even goes into the olympic trials and so let's see if he can continue this thing into the olympic games now there's a lot of really stiff competition. Uh, he does have the world leading jump in the long jump with his 8.47 meters, and it's a pretty commanding lead uh, for a season best. That is um, the next best season best is I believe 8.26. Uh, so he's he's got a pretty good lead there. Um, in high jump, it'll be a little bit more competitive. Uh, he's got a 2.36 bar. Uh, he's in second by one centimeter to Ilya uh, Ilya Ivanuk. Um, he is the athlete that is what it's the non-denominational athlete. Um, he's from Russia, but he was able to compete and obviously Russia is not allowed to compete. So that's where, where he's from. Um, and so I think, I think there's a good shot that they, these could happen. Now, obviously individually, these, um, these aren't bold predictions by any means, like individually saying Mondo's going to win is, is not a bold prediction. But I think when you compare all three of these, having all three of these happen at the same time, I mean, that's, that's really hard. You got a guy at his very first. Both of these guys are at their very first Olympics uh, competing. One of them just finishing up college. The other one uh, is, what, 21 years old, 20 years old. So um, a lot of youth there. We'll have to see if they can capitalize on their, uh, on their talents, uh, and it should be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next, we're going to go another college kid. Uh, Cole Hawker, I think, is going to medal. So uh, this is coming from the fact that he is also a very tactical racer that if you allow him to kick at the end, I'm taking Cole Hawker 10 times out of 10. Uh, he showed that at the Olympic trials with Centrowitz, um, where he was, what, in like fifth, not looking to even be in the conversation to be going to the Olympics. He swiveled his way in and out of some racers and was able to get right up to to uh, Centrowitz and take the uh, take the, the win um, for the Olympic trials out of nowhere. Um, and so I think if he's able to get into the final, which is going to be hard because just like Centrowitz, he's in the middle of the pack. And unlike uh, Matthew Centrowitz, where he's got a lot of Olympic experience and world championship experience, uh, Hawker doesn't. But uh, I think that his youth and the fact that he's got um, he's got one of the best kicks out there, um, is going to be able to really help him. And, you know, there's a shot that he could, he could medal. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously, like we said, uh, Ingebrigtsen and, and Chariot are going to be hard to beat. Um, but I, I definitely see him being on the podium as a possibility, um, for sure. Uh, next bold prediction that we have here, uh, I'm taking Curly to beat Bramel. So it's, this is probably my, my boldest one that we have going on here, but um, 
I th- yeah, obviously Brumel has shown that he's pretty much unbeatable. He has one loss this year. That is to Ronnie Baker um, at uh, Monaco. Um, he lost in the hundred. Uh, Curly did did all right that meet. He didn't do fantastic. He definitely did okay. Um, and Fred Curley's PR in the one hundred is a nine point eight six. And uh, Trayvon Brumel has ran a nine point seven seven so far. Uh, Obviously, Brumel has the experience. He's been doing the 100 his entire life. Curly, the new guy in town, he's trying out the 100 for the first time. Uh, and I think that that motivation to prove the haters wrong uh, and prove the fact that he does belong in the short sprints is what's going to propel him into a medal. Um, and there's a lot of really, really good guys that are competing in these this Olympic Games that I think that his strength of being able to be a, a 400 meter runner and, and be a, a solid 200 meter runner is what's going to propel him through the rounds. Uh, as he gets going, his legs get moving. Other people might get tired and he's just going to get started uh, because he's used to running these longer rounds. He's used to having a longer amount of time uh, on the legs and it's going to come to uh, to be an advantage for him, I think. So I have Fred Curley beating Bramell. Um, I would say uh, you could have Curley at second, uh, Brumel at third, um, and then I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we we saw Ronnie Baker uh, winning it all there. But um, yeah, Curley beating out Brumel, it'd be the shock of the town, shock of the world. Um, it's gonna happen. Mark it down for sure. <laughs> then uh, next, similar to the first one, individually wouldn't be ex- crazy, but I think paired together can be pretty interesting and it's weird to say this that this is a bold some people might not think this is a bold take but but I think that it is and and that is that uh I see Sydney McLaughlin and Rye Benjamin breaking the world records in the 400 meter hurdles uh combined so for Sydney McLaughlin that would be her own world record of 21.90 that she set at the Olympic trials uh, and then for Rye Benjamin, that would be beating Warholm's record that he posted um, about a week or so after the Olympic trials um, at, a, at a meet in Europe where he ran a 46.70. Um, I, for both of these, both of these athletes, um, they have a competition or, you know, uh, with McLaughlin, it's Dilia Muhammad and with Rye Benjamin, it's, uh, it's Warholm, but both of these athletes or all four of these athletes either have a world record or are capable of breaking it. And we saw how good Rye Benjamin is that he has a lot in his tank when he was running at the Olympic trials, he had nobody around him and he almost broke the record then. Um, and so to see that he's going to be having his stiffest competition of the entire year running right next to him, uh, is going to make it, om- it's going to make him run only faster. Uh, he saw, uh, him break the world record. He wants it himself. Uh, and so I think, uh, Rye Benjamin is going to end up beating the current world record holder and also beating the world record in the process. I mean, it's going to take, uh, if not a world record, an Olympic record at least to be able to break, to be able to win gold here. There's too many good names that uh, you can just get, you can go by skating. Like you're going to have to run really fast to win those two, to win the 400 meter hurdles, uh, which is good. I love seeing it be more competitive. And and these are two events that we can see be competitive years and years down the line. Uh, I know Dalia Muhammad's a, a little bit on the older end compared to Sidney McLaughlin or, or Rye Benjamin and Warholm, but... Um, even behind her, I mean, you have, uh, what 
uh, Little and you have uh, Cockrell who, who could be taking up the 400 meter hurdles uh, reins as well, um, which, which can be an exciting for, for the long time, long term. Uh, next and my last bold prediction, uh, I have Safan Hassan doing the triple. So, um, this one, not, not too sure about because who knows if she's actually going to end up running it, uh, because she is do trying to do a triple that is going to be insanely hard. Not really anyone has done this before. Uh, so she is running the 1500 meters, the 5k as well as the 10k. Uh, and so in the 1500, she is second, she's ranked second. She ran a 353, um, in the 5k, she's ranked sixth with a 1435. And then in the 10k, she is second with a 2901. So these are going to be, it's going to be a very hard triple. And I wouldn't be surprised if she drops one of these races. Um, especially if she re realizes like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, doing as great as I'd like to be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she just runs in that, uh, the initial race of the 5k and decides to scratch it or before the 5k realizes, Hey, she's going to scratch that since that is her worst event. But, um, I think she, I mean, she has the talent to do it. Uh, she, I mean, the range that Hassan has is insane. Uh, I mean, she's even good at the 800 as well as events over the 10 K uh, just her range. And the fact that she can do this is, is crazy athletic. And, um, I think she has a chance to, to be able to, to do the triple. Uh, and there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of big names that, you know, good uh, Kip, uh, what is it? Uh, Kip again. So a lot of big names. It's definitely not going to be a shoe in, but, uh, I think she has a shot of doing that. So those are going to be my predictions. What do you think? Uh, what kind of bold predictions do you guys have? Uh, let me know uh, on Instagram or, or send me a message here uh, on the podcast. So now uh, wrapping up the show, want to go over the schedule for uh, the very first day of the Olympics for track and field. So if you do not know, like we mentioned, the first day for track and field events is going to be uh, on the 29th of July. So today is Tuesday. Uh, the very first day for track and field is going to be Thursday if you're here in the United States. Um, and so these times, I believe these are Eastern, Eastern Standard Times because um, I took a look at Tokyo and it looked like it lined up with Eastern Standard Times. Uh, but uh, I would recommend uh, taking a look at the Olympic schedule. You can find that. If you just look up really any Olympian, uh, they'll, they'll pull up the schedule. Like I was looking up some stuff for Sydney McLaughlin, and it showed the schedule for all of the track races um, right on the left-hand side as well as the other uh, events. So uh, take a look at that. You can, you can find out the times. But, uh, so there's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six events uh, competed on Friday, day one of the Olympic, or sorry, Thursday, day one of the Olympics for track and field. Uh, the first event is going to be the men's steeplechase. That's going to be going off at 8 p.m. Uh, also want to make sure that we know all of these are qualifications. So none of these are finals. All of these are going to be uh, things that have uh, already um, that that are just going to be prelims. Um, some of them heats and, and stuff like that. So men's steeplechase first, 8 p.m., uh, next is going to be the men's high jump qualifications. Now there's two rounds of it. Uh, there's going to be qualification a and qualification B. Um, they don't have who's going to be in which yet, but, uh, that's going to be going off at eight 15. Uh, then we have the men's discus at eight 45. Once again, 
qualifications. There's going to be a Heat A, Heat B. Uh, heat B, I believe, is going to be later on in the evening, around 10, 10 20. Uh, so that's when that's going to be going off. Uh, then after that, uh, this is going to be my, my star event of the night. So an event that I'm really looking forward to um, for the very first night of the Olympic trial or Olympics. Don't want to miss this. Uh, it's going to be the women's 800. That's going to get started at 855. Um, obviously, I love a thing Mo. Want to see how she does uh, as well as Raven Rogers. I mean, there's just so many good, great women in that race. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I mean, there's really good prelims actually today. These last three events are going to be are going to be crazy. Uh, next at 9:55, we have the men's 400 meter hurdles. So uh, that's going to be a really good race. Obviously, we were talking about it earlier. Um, so looking forward to that. And then to close off the night, starting around 10:40, we have the women's 100. Um, we got Shelly Ann Fraser Price. Uh, unfortunately, no Shakari Richardson to go up against her, but uh, it should be a great race nonetheless. Um, of those events, what events are you most looking forward to? Uh, day one. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited, so excited that Olympics is finally here, uh, especially for track and field. It feels like it's been forever. We've been stuck in the house. We haven't been able to, to see track and field really in, in a regular uh, setting. Uh, unfortunately, no fans are going to be there, but uh, it should be an ex exciting race for sure. Um, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, it was a little long, but didn't have a whole lot to say, unfortunately. Uh, like we mentioned, next Tuesday or next Friday, uh, we're going to be getting started on those daily podcasts, talking about everything going on in the Olympics, uh, reviewing what happened, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that stuff. So um, before you go, make sure you leave a review uh, and subscribe to the channel or the show. It really helps us know that you're enjoying what's going on. Uh, episodes take a little bit of time and it, it's great to see all the support for sure. So um, my name is Colin. Have a good one and peace.